finally come to uh, to this last verse in Psalm 23 uh, and the last sermon in this study. And many of you have told me that you've learned a lot uh, from this series, probably more than you've ever wanted to know about sheep. Right? Uh, we uh, we we know that that sheep need a leader, a shepherd. Uh, we focused on that. We know that sheep can get stuck or, or even tipped over, cast. We, 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 uh, uh, several weeks ago, they, they get turned over and the shepherd has to come and get them back on their feet again um, and, and restore them. Uh, last week, we learned so much about flies and larvae and mucous membranes, and it was just a blessing to your soul, I, I, I know. Uh, we, uh, uh, the, the, the shepherd cares for the sheep, uh, putting, putting oil on their, on their heads and faces in order to ward off those infestations and and, uh, and and infections, and we've also heard all about the uh, the, the the routine, the annual routine of the sheep. Right, the the this psalm kind of follows that routine from the green pastures and the quiet waters of the homestead uh, through the valleys and and up to the mountain tablelands uh, for the summer. Uh, the shepherd has gone ahead and, and prepared the way for them, and and uh, we've we've walked through all that. And then as fall comes, uh, so does the weather and storms and rain and even sleet and snow. And so it's time to head back home uh, with its shelter in barns and safety inside the fences and the pastures. And so throughout the year, the shepherd has has made all the difference, attentively caring for the sheep, providing everything they need. And as the sheep then head back for home, David, writing this psalm, uh, uh, writes these words in chapter 23 verse 6, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Shirley. Sorry, is Shirley here? Shirley? Hi, Shirley. Would you come forward? No, I'm just kidding. No, that's good. Um, uh, we'll, we'll get past your name here in just a second if you can uh, endure it. But uh, it, this is... Uh, uh, David is showing his confidence here, right? He's, he's, he's convinced that about what's, what's to come. Uh, he is saying, of course, absolutely, surely this is going to happen. It's 100% true. And what is he confident about? He's confident that goodness and mercy will flow in his life. After everything he's been through with the Lord, his shepherd, the Lord is my shepherd, and he's walked through all this stuff that we talk about, and now he's convinced, utterly convinced of, of experiencing God's goodness and mercy. He, he completely trusts in the leadership of the shepherd. And that, and that sounds great. This might be one of the parts of the psalm that, that we like the most, right? Uh, and and as, as I've said before, we... There are a lot of people that, that like to quote this psalm focused on what all the blessings that they can get, right? And, and I'm going to have green pastures and quiet waters and, and my soul's going to be restored. And, and we get to this last part and, and we're, I'm going to have goodness and mercy flowing in my life. And it's just this, this wonderful thing. But um, a lot of times we quote that without recognizing that we've got to be following the shepherd in order to receive all those things, right? I mean, who doesn't want goodness and mercy to follow them? Uh, People quote this, though, as if it's a magic wand to wave in order to make their lives good. But uh, over the past couple of months in in this psalm, we've, we've been through a lot with the shepherd. And, I mean, to be honest, it hasn't been all rainbows and unicorns, right? There have been dark shadows and death and dangers and enemies and nasal flies, right? I mean, I mean, it's not all joyful celebration. 
I wouldn't define those things as good or merciful. Life can be hard and painful and irritating and frustrating and long and scary. Goodness and mercy following all my days, I'm not so sure. Again, this this book that we've been looking at, Philip Keller, who wrote the book, A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23, he he writes it this way, "When, when my little world is falling apart and the dream castles of my ambitions and hopes crumble into ruins, can I honestly declare surely, yes, surely, goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life? I mean, it's, it's hard, right? It's an issue of faith and trust. Am I truly trusting in my shepherd that he knows what is best for me and will provide it even if it doesn't feel good? Maybe it comes down to uh, uh, who gets to define what is good and merciful, right? I mean, if I'm defining it, then, then uh, good and mercy following, all the, uh, following me all the days of my life means that I get what I want, I get what makes sense to me, I get to determine everything, I get to, to uh, experience what's fun and fulfilling, and, and, and I get to define what is good and merciful. But, but we don't get to define what's good and merciful, only God does. Only, only the, the good shepherd has the perspective to know what's best for us long term. When I was um, a preteen, I'm guessing I was 10-ish, uh, our, our, our family took an amazing vacation. We packed up the 1976 Oldsmobile Delta 88, which was only like four years old at the time. So it was a screaming, you know, it was a... Anyway... You can Google Oldsmobile Delta 88. I didn't get a picture here for you. Uh, it, we we uh, hitched up the pop-up camper to the back, and we headed west from Columbus. And over the next three weeks, we saw some incredible things. Since I was 10, I don't remember any, everything, and, and I don't remember the order that we saw it in, but I do remember crossing the Mississippi River. Amazing. I, I remember seeing Devil's Tower. Maybe you remember that from uh, from that one alien movie, right? Uh, anyway, we can, how do they build it out of mashed potato? Uh, anyway, okay. Uh, we, we went to uh, Yellowstone National Park and all, and we saw Old Faithful, you know, and the geyser. And we, we, I remember seeing bears uh, literally right off the road and, and uh, their, their cubs and, and all these people pulling off and my mom saying, don't get out of the car. You don't get between a mother bear and his cubs. And, and, uh, and, and we, uh, we, we uh, looked, that was just a, an amazing sight to see. I remember uh, uh, driving on and actually walking on a, a real live glacier in Glacier National Park. And we even headed uh, up into Canada. We went to Banff National Park. It's stunning. Uh, and, uh, and we took two weeks to, to get all the way out west and stopping along the way and seeing all this stuff. It was just a, a, an amazing thing. And, and, uh, and then we, uh, we, we turned around. We had one week left, and we turned around and headed for home. We went home all the way through Canada, uh, took a ride at Mackinac Bridge, and, uh, and, and went south and ended back up in Columbus. But that was... That was uh, that was a haul, uh, getting back uh, in, in, in one week after taking two to get out. I mean, so long, especially for a, a 10-year-old boy stuck in the back seat of an Oldsmobile with no air conditioning next to his brother for eight to 10 hours a day, right? It's long. Now, when I say this part, you may not believe me. You may think that it was cruel, and I don't blame you if you gasp. But through all of those miles, there were no screens, I thought there would be a gasp or two. I don't know. There was no iPhone. We didn't have an iPad. There was no YouTube or TikTok. Uh, we did not even... Uh, oh. 
chokes me up a little. We did not even have a car DVD player to watch uh, old Disney movies on. This, this, was, this was a serious issue. I, I mean, it, 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 it got so bad that I, res- get, I resorted to looking out the window sometimes to actually watch and see things go by and enjoy. I'm not quite sure how I survived this. I, I do remember, and, and it did, it got very long. But I do remember about two and a half weeks into this three-week trip, so we're on our, our way of, of hauling it back through Canada to try to get back home in time. I remember sitting in that, it was like a sky blue uh, Oldsmobile Delta 88, and uh, I remember sitting on that bench seat in the back and slamming my fist down and saying, I can't stand to be in this car another second! And we just kept going. Nobody seemed to care. It was quite traumatic, as you can tell, Right? Now, that vacation was incredible. I'm still talking about it, what, 40 years later, right? Uh, my, my parents had planned it out. They, they knew where uh, they were going and, and how we were going to get there, and they had the funds to provide the gas and the meals and the reservations at the campgrounds along the way, and they had maps, and, and they had planned it. I'm sure that my dad had gotten the trip tick months in advance from, from AAA and had drawn uh, uh, little lines on where we were going to go and where, what stops. He was very meticulous. He, he had it all planned out. He had it all worked out. It was all taken care of. I was just along for the ride. And I complained. And I wonder if that's sometimes a picture of our lives with God. He has has everything worked out and he knows where we're going and and how to get us there. And and he has all the resources to make it work out exactly as it needs to. it's, It's not all amazing vistas and spraying geysers and hiking on glaciers. Sometimes it's late nights putting up the camper in the rain. Or packing up and rolling out before the sun comes up. Sometimes it's seemingly endless miles through Billings or Winnipeg or Saskatoon. Sometimes, man, sometimes it feels like you'll never get home. And it's in those times that we have to trust the shepherd. He's good and he's wise and he's capable. And and I'll just give you a little bit of of a glimpse Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The home, we're, we're gonna get home. Sometimes it just seems like we'll never get there. If, if it's true that he is good and wise and capable and, and he loves us and wants what's best for us, then, then, then that means that we can trust him to provide whatever will bring goodness and mercy to our lives, even if it doesn't feel like it at the time. Surely, David says, surely goodness and mercy will follow me. But we don't get to define that goodness and mercy. Maybe we need to rediscover what goodness and mercy really are because it's not always about what we want or what we feel like. It's about embracing God's will for our lives, right? If God wants it for me, then it's good and it's kind because he's providing what will be best. He knows what will work out best. Romans eight twenty eight says it this way. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. God is working for your good. God is working. The good shepherd is is, uh, bringing goodness to our lives, goodness and mercy. No matter where the shepherd leads, we can trust in his love for us. 
We can, we can trust in his ability to provide for us. We can trust in his wisdom to know what's best. We can trust in his character, his goodness, his righteousness. Again, Philip Keller writes, this to me is the supreme portrait of my shepherd. Continually there flows out to me his goodness and his mercy, which even though I do not deserve them, come unremittingly from their source of supply, his own great heart of love. Herein is the essence of all that has gone before in this psalm. All the care, all the work, all the alert watchfulness, all the skill, all the concern, all the self-sacrifice are born of his love. The love of one who loves his sheep, loves his work, loves his role as a shepherd. God loves you and wants to bring his will, his goodness and mercy to your life. And it may be difficult at times, but it's always best. And so we must follow the shepherd. And when we do, his goodness and mercy will follow you. But sometimes we don't follow the shepherd. Uh, sometimes we are prone to wander, right? We get off track, we, we get off course, we get distracted, we get tempted, and, and uh, we, we venture off on our own. Isaiah uh, says, uh, the prophet Isaiah, uh, all, we, all we like sheep have gone astray, each of us have turned to our own way. But, but I want you to know that, that even in that, even as we look at this last verse, and it, it says if we're following the shepherd, we're going to have goodness and mercy, uh, but even if we've gone away, we can still know that the shepherd is working on our behalf. The the way that we have verse 6 translated in English, it, it seems kind of passive. God's goodness and mercy are following us. And we smile, and it's kind of a sing-songy kind of thing, and and it's almost like it's uh, goodness and mercy are floating like a balloon, like a child ho- holding the string of a balloon, and it's kind of following us along, and it's it, it's floaty and bouncy and fun, and 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 that's that's fine. But but if you knew Hebrew, maybe you do, maybe you don't. I I had to look it up. The original uh, language that David wrote this was was Hebrew, and then you would know that that's not the image that we need to have of this sing-songy, bouncy, floaty, fun kind of thing of goodness and mercy following us. The, the verb used, uh, translated follow in most of our translations actually means pursues or, or chases. It can even be used in the context of a hunter hunting down, tracking its, his prey, uh, d- hunting down and taking captive. It's, it, it's much more aggressive than, uh, than, than what I usually have in mind when I, when I uh, think of this psalm. Surely goodness and mercy. No, uh, it, it's, it's the great news that you and I are being chased by God's grace. He is chasing us down with his grace. He is seeking us out, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to follow him. Even when we go astray, the Lord, our shepherd, is looking out for us and he's urging us to come home. It's, it's an amazing life. This, this, this psalm has, has, has drawn a, a very clear picture. We're in the flock. We're following the shepherd who, who loves his sheep and, and who wants what's best for us. And, and he showers us with his goodness and kindness and even chases us down when we get off track. And so we can see why uh, David would be bragging and saying, the Lord, yeah, he, this guy, he is my shepherd. Goodness and mercy. I, it's an amazing picture, but there's, there's more. I just, you know, I just feel like I'm, I'm uh, you know, selling something on QVC. But wait, there's more, because there's, there's more here. Not only is this goodness and mercy for, for us to experience, 
But that same goodness and mercy of God should be left behind us as a legacy to others in our lives. Keller says that, uh, that mismanaged sheep can be very destructive to the land where they, where they are. If, if they're not guided and cared for properly, then they'll, they'll tear up a pasture and pollute it, and it may not ever come back again. Uh, sheep can be very destructive. But if the flock is well managed, he says, sheep can actually be the most beneficial of any livestock to the fields where they live. Last week, we, uh, we, we dove into the realm of flies and parasites and mucous membranes. Today, I want to talk for a minute about manure. All right? We got to get there. We're going to do it. We're, 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 we're stepping in it this morning, I guess. Here we go. Uh, here, here's Keller. The sheep's manure is the best balanced of any produced by domestic stock. See, look at that. Write that down. You learned something in church today. Got it? Okay, good. I don't know what spirit... Okay, anyway. Uh, The sheep's manure is the best balanced of any produced by domestic stock. When scattered efficiently over the pastures, it proves of enormous benefit to the soil. The sheep's habit of seeking the highest rise of ground on which to rest ensures that the fertility from the rich lowland is redeposited on the less productive higher ground. No other livestock will consume as wide a variety of herbage. Sheep eat all sorts of weeds and other undesirable plants that might otherwise invade a field. For example, they love the buds and the tender tips of the Canada thistle, which if not controlled can quickly become a most noxious weed. In a, in a few years, a flock of well-managed sheep will clean up and restore a piece of ravaged land as no other creature can. I, I guess that's a whole other way of thinking about the goodness and mercy of God following us, following a well-managed flock. The, the sheep leave behind a pasture land that is productive, beautiful, and beneficial. So what are you leaving behind in your life? Several years ago, someone asked me, what is the, when is the best time to plant a tree? I didn't know, and, and he said, 20 years ago. Oh, great, thank you, appreciate that. Good. Uh, But then he said, what is the next best time to plant a tree? And the answer is today, right? Uh, What are you leaving behind that will benefit others? Is, Is God's goodness and mercy following after you? Last week, we, we asked the Holy Spirit to, to fill us to overflowing. My cup overflows, right? When that, when that happens, uh, God changes us from the inside out, and he develops his character in us. And if we are really receiving God's goodness and mercy in our lives, it will naturally flow out and make the world a better place. Again, Keller says, the only real practical measure of my appreciation for the goodness and mercy of God to me is the extent to which I am in turn prepared to show goodness and mercy to others. You are not here on this planet just for you. I, I, I mean, we, we get all those blessings from God, his goodness and mercy, and, and all that is amazing and wonderful, and, uh, but you are blessed to be a blessing, right? Uh, we have to let God's goodness and mercy flow through our lives so it follows after us to the lives of others. So, a uh, very practical uh, question, how are you going to let God do that through your life this week? What does that look like at, at work? What does that look like at school? What does that look like on social media? What does that look like around the, the, the Thanksgiving table? Uh, let goodness and mercy follow you. Leave a legacy of grace and love. Be a blessing.
Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Again, we've, we've come full circle. By verse 6, the, the sheep are coming back home to the ranch. David says that, that, that spiritually uh, this doesn't have to end. He says, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And of course, our thoughts immediately go toward heaven right? Uh, following the good shepherd leads us to heaven forever. We, we, we should be longing for eternity. There's nothing wrong with looking forward to heaven, shedding this earthly existence and spending eternity face to face with the shepherd of our souls. A lot of people talk today about the need to be present and sure, certainly we, we, we do. Uh, there, there's an old cowboy term, be where your boots are. Right, but a lot of times we get distracted, and we're, our thoughts are elsewhere, or we're on our phones, or we're we're uh, distracted by this, and our uh, people right around us. Uh, maybe we're not paying attention to the things that are right there. We we uh, we we need to be present, and I I get that. And yet, there's also something beneficial about knowing and living with the truth that this life that we are present in is temporary, and we there is eternity coming. If, if we're truly following the Lord, our shepherd, we will enjoy being with him forever. Uh, are you living with eternity in mind? But you need to know also uh, that, that eternity starts right now. It's not this, oh, I'm going to someday, sometime, head to the pearly gates and, and, and do all the things and get to... Eternity starts now. When David talks about dwelling in the house of the Lord, it's not necessarily a place, but it's a person with, with the presence of the Lord. Um, we, we live here and now in the presence of our shepherd our good shepherd, our shepherd who, who guarantees that we will lack nothing, right? Our shepherd who, who provides green pastures and quiet waters, our shepherd who leads us in the right paths, our shepherd who protects us and prepares the way, our, our, our shepherd who brings healing and comfort, our shepherd who pursues us with his goodness and mercy. As we have walked through this psalm, I want to challenge you to live constantly aware of your shepherd's presence here and now and then looking forward to being face-to-face with him forever, for all eternity. It's, it's the perfect ending to this, uh, to this psalm that, that paints such a clear picture of a, of a sheep being cared for by its shepherd. It's, this sheep is, has everything provided and, and uh, the shepherd has thought ahead to make sure that everything's there. And, and I mean, that sheep is, is so satisfied and fulfilled, it has no desire for a change, but is gonna dwell in the presence of that shepherd all of its days. That's the picture. I, I want us to, um, to take all of that in and maybe end where we, where we started. Reading through this uh, this poetic psalm, these six verses. And I challenge you as, as we do to make a fresh commitment to follow the Lord as your shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Let's, let's, psalm 23, verse one. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. 
You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever.